Digimon, only on... Hey, how come Davis gets his face in the little button thingy? My boyish good looks? Ay vey. All new this morning at 10.30 E, 9.30 C&P on Fox Kids. It's just an illusion. Behind every villain, there's a soul. What have I done? Behind every hero, there's a choice. You have the power to change! Behind every battle, there's a destiny. It's you and me! This summer, it's just the beginning. Our hero's epic journey is far from over. Digimon. Now with two episodes weekday afternoons and Saturday mornings at 9.30 Eastern, 8.30 Central and Pacific on Fox Kids. Hello and welcome to Going Digital, a podcast about cooking with Digimon. And cooking Digimon. And breeding Digimon, I guess, because... A slightly strange piece of an idea that was given to me by one of the listeners has turned into a bizarre rabbit hole, which we're all going to go down together. So in the late 90s, Fox Kids, which was the network that did most of the U.S. broadcasting of Digimon, had a magazine that they put out quarterly called Totally Fox Kids. In looking this up for something... I discovered a few things, including what shows ran contemporary with its early seasons, and also a fun little weird bit where they listed Digimon recipes, because, you know, Gabumon had pepper breath, so of course that meant that he would be an excellent chef, and there was an in-character bit written about that. Another thing was a mock pork dish, where you made mashed potatoes, wrapped them within a bacon, and served in soup. So, it's fascinating, and in fact, those articles, those articles, those recipes may be put into the show notes for this episode, but what happened from there is I started looking up Digimon recipes, because I thought, you know, that's a thing that probably ended up taking off to some degree because of this. There's a lot of restaurants in the show, some characters are known to be good cooks. What happens if we get there? Well, it turns out the issue is that not a lot of these things are being done by the fans. In fact, one of the only things I found that was food-related for Digimon recipes past the original Totally Fox Kids issue was a blog called Real Anime Food that ended in someone's fiancé dying. So that was a little sad, but there was a single post about Digimon that was how to make chocolate onigiri rice balls, for those who don't know what that is, and obviously that means that as part of the Rice Ball Network, I had to look at it. So it sounds like a fascinating bit. You, you know, start making a risotto-like consistency for the rice at first while it absorbs everything. Then you put it off to the side while you make a sauce that you are going to fry them in. And afterwards, you roll the rice into balls, put some breadcrumbs around them, give it a deep fry, and afterwards, you are going to chocolate coat them with a bittersweet, semi-sweet mixture and put them in the freezer for an hour. This looks fascinating, and I may actually make some of these later, but unfortunately, it was not a thing I had time to do before recording, with the added element that I am terrible around frying things, and have burned myself more than once, so that would be a thing done with the supervision of another housemate, or a fire extinguisher, or both. Anyway, I bookmarked that recipe, but what I learned is that not a lot of Digimon stuff comes up if you search for recipes, but what I did find is that 
there is in fact an entire mod for Minecraft, that is the word I'm looking for, that is called Digimobs that creates a very slapdash attempt. And by slapdash, I don't mean it's bad. I don't own Minecraft. I can't do anything with it to try it out. But the art is incredibly inconsistent from piece to piece, with some things being high-res sprites, some things being single-block items in chunky pixels, etc. And it seems to be trying to cover every season of the show with crests and various digivices and ways to get goggles, because of course there are ways to get goggles. And then it starts getting into things like you can have tags or a VPET or a viral digivice or make digital terminals or an XROS loader. And then there's the holy data, or how to make machine fields, or transferring yourself as packets, or... Anyway, yeah. It's a whole thing, and so that took me down one rabbit hole. Another was that I discovered not a lot of Digimon games had food and cooking. In fact, uh, the only one I found that actually had a cooking system was Digimon World Next Order, where it's not really a cooking system, it's just if you carry ingredients when you rest in the field, you can cook a meal for people. Otherwise, you're just buying things from restaurants in a couple of different cities, including one bun by Renamon, who just sells you water, sushi, or fruit. Hmm. I guess that happens. Um, but then we get into the bit where I went down the Totally Fox Kids thing and started to look up what ran contemporary with Digimon. So this was not universal. Apparently some affiliates didn't cover all of this. Uh, one thing that was mentioned is the Magic School Bus showed up in certain markets but not others as an entirely separate thing from the Fox Kids block, but got its own promos. So that's weird. But, alongside roughly where we are in time with the series, we had Beast Wars, two different versions of Power Rangers, apparently they started running classic versions, Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd century. Um, what else? The Avengers United They Stand. Boy, that was a thing. NASCAR Racers, the series. Remember when there was a NASCAR cartoon that was basically F-Zero? Like, that really happened. I'm almost certain some of the people who worked on that went on to do the F-Zero cartoon that followed it up later. And then my favorite is... Fox Kids was trying to compete with Kids WB and their Pokémon at the time, so they started bringing over a lot of anime. And part of what this means is we got Monster Rancher. We got the show that was localized as Flint the Time Detective. We got Beast Wars and Beast Machines. We had the Dying X-Men series. And finally, there was a show that I cannot actually find a trace of called Dinozors, which has a Z in it. 
And I'm just going to presume that was also anime for some reason. In fact, if you told me that was a weird localization of Zoids, I would believe it, because that sounds like what it would be. So, with all of this, you're probably going, Fletcher, what is it about this whole thing that made you do a whole guest episode? Because we would much rather have Garrett and Kat talking about Season 3 of Digimon, which is very more interesting than this. Well, here is the issue. They are currently indisposed with some things that involve the fact that a certain bad movie series is about to release on Blu-ray in a complete package that may or may not have been shipped to them. By which I mean, I very much considered shipping them the complete Digimon Adventure Try and, uh getting punched in the face for my troubles. However, that hasn't happened as of yet, so you two can quit sweating, but you both know why I'm here, and as a result of that tragedy, I'm sorry my heart goes out to you, but I will absolutely hold down the fort in your absence with things like Digimon recipes. Anyway, I guess my point is, today, on Kitchen Nightmares, we are going to let an Agumon in the kitchen. With a gun. So just like the fact that uh, we talked about how Ryo is going to show up in Digimon Tamers, it was also not the end of Millenniumon when they finished that saga on the Wonderswan. See, there's a developer out there known as Dimps who basically have a fetish for making bad fighting games, and usually licensed ones at that. Inuyasha games, some of the crappier Dragon Ball Z fighting games, Shaman King, Bleach, uh, the last two Street Fighter titles. The list goes on and on. They also did Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Uh, they're also responsible for putting the only two Sonic games on the Ouya. Rest in hell, you bastards. But what they did was create Digimon Battle Spirits a game that was a terrible arena fighter for the Wonderswan, which would later be ported in the U.S. to the GBA, and it was the plot of kind of the kids, but mostly just the Digimon. You really don't see the humans at all after the title screen. Uh, fighting against the ravages of Millenniumon, who's just trying to leave the digital world. There was, in fact even a very poor 1.5 edition that never left Japan. For some reason, when they made the GBA port, they ported the early version and not the upgraded one. So we didn't get to see the Z Millennium Mon fight in English. It's too damn bad, because this game is really bad and just involves... You ever play Kingdom Hearts 2? And there's that game where you have to beat balls out of your opponent and have the most balls at the end? Imagine that in 2D, and that is exactly how Battle Spirit plays, with random 
Digimon that you can beat power-ups out of appearing on the battlefield. You can you can set people on fire. This whole thing came to my attention because someone sent me a task of someone playing through the whole campaign as Vimon. There's really no story to it in the mode that came out internationally. Apparently there is a story mode in 1.5, but I can't read it, so I didn't go looking for it. And as a result, all I saw was this. There's a lot of animation in it. The person decided to play as a Vimon, so I didn't get any Tamer spoilers. And for some reason, Vimon has an idle animation slash attack where he puts on a soccer jersey and starts bouncing around a ball. That's a real thing. I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, Dimps is god-awful. And for cursing me with that... I will just mention that they created the single worst Tales game, Tales of the Tempest for the DS, and that their only good title was an arcade game known as Demolish Fist, which was basically one of the most pants-on-head stupid brawlers that was ever created, and most of my fondness of it might actually have been the fact that my local arcade's copy was a damaged board I have never seen the thing that we saw in playing it occur anywhere else in video of it online, wherein a boss's uh, a boss basically had the flame Hyenard bug from FF or FF uh, Mega Man X7 occur, where his voice lines would play back to back, clipping over one another, resulting in the amazing time where you would be beating down on a guy who's going what 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 what. It's great. Anyway. If you've ever wanted to play as a zombie who is a direct clone of Raiden from Metal Gear Solid 2, beating up undead cherubim babies in an alleyway right before you have to take a chainsaw to a madman, uh, Demolish Fist is the game for you, because, again, it is one of the stupidest things you are ever likely to see, and if you are the slightest bit of a weirdo, it probably has something in it that'll tickle one of your buttons because of the fact that, um traditional beat-em-up fashion, a lot of them are designed in a very, here's the Barra one, here's the Dom Lady with the whip, here's the guy in the suit with the machine gun, here's Geese Howard, etc. style. So, with that said, I am only half the host that you usually have on this show this week, and that means we are going to be about half the length of a usual Tamers episode. So, on behalf of Going Digital, you know where to find us. Thank you from the Riceball Network, and we will see you again next week when we have a regular episode and not me just holding a blood feud against one of the worst contract developers ever. Dimps is the Japanese way forward. Neither are good. Hot takes out. See you all in hell.